Hey y'all, and welcome into another edition of the Knollcast. This is Bud Elliott uh, coming to you on this fine Monday night, following a big recruiting weekend and a big recruiting Monday for uh, Florida State. So we'll get into it here. And a uh, voice you do not hear is Ingram Smith. Unfortunately, Ingram is under the weather tonight, and we hope to have him back for our uh, recap episode of the early signing period. Always want to start out with thanking Louisiana Hot Sauce for being our title sponsor of the Nolcast for yet another season. A great product, three simple ingredients, one awesome taste, and uh, actually enjoyed some tonight with some chili. So it is it is chili season. It's boot season. It, it's PSL season, and it is certainly chili season. So very excited about that. Uh, I guess the big news that everybody wants to talk about, judging by how much our, our mentions lit up tonight, is that Justin Fields is contemplating a transfer from Georgia, being reported by USA Today and by ESPN. So let's just get get to this. Uh, A, would Florida State have a spot open? Yes. I think Justin Fields would be the starter on most every team in the nation, with very few exceptions. Uh, Obviously, Clemson, Alabama, and I guess Georgia, maybe Michigan, because they they do have a, a kid there who's pretty good. I don't expect Francois uh, to be back. In fact, I'm more confident in that than ever. Uh, I don't think he's actually in the transfer portal yet, but uh, he did graduate, and I, I do not think he'll be a part of the Seminoles in the 2019 season. So they will absolutely have a spot open for a starter to come in, and uh, if they can get Justin Fields, I think I would uh, probably raise my win expectation by, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe a full game. So if you're at seven wins for next year, maybe you would go to eight. If you're an eight person, maybe you would go to nine if you got fields. Now, granted, there is absolutely no guarantee that they get fields. I don't even think that I would say they're the favorite right now. There are so many places he could go. Certainly at Ohio State, if Dwayne Haskins leaves, would have to be very attractive. Oklahoma, if Kyler Murray leaves, would have to be extremely attractive. Obviously, he had the previous relationship with Damian Craig and with Jimbo before they you know, stopped recruiting at Florida State, who are now at A&M. He was a one-time Penn State commit uh, and was very tight with Joe Moorhead, the offensive coordinator at Penn State, who is now at Mississippi State. Mississippi State is losing their starter, I believe, to graduation. So, And, and certainly Florida was also a finalist uh, last year down the stretch. We'll just have to see with this. It's a situation that everybody in the nation has got to be monitoring and with good reason. If he's actually transferring, and I don't think he's put in his paperwork yet, so he could still come back to Georgia, man, I, I got to tell you, like, if, if he's on the market, Justin Fields is the number one recruit available. I mean, he's better than anybody by far in this class, regardless of position, and he would be so far and away the top available quarterback. I mean, that's fun to think about. But uh, keep in mind, I don't know how likely that it is. I'm not saying – like, we know Florida State's going to try on this. They're, they're going to go all out for this because this is something that could change your career. You know, if, if you're Willie Taggart and you're worried about your job long term, this is something that can quickly, very quickly flip your job security. And, uh, and that's that's something important to watch. So we'll have to take a look at uh, at how that unfolds and, and how quickly that unfolds. I don't know if we'll hear something about that before the playoffs. And uh, who knows, Georgia may talk him into coming back. But, man, they only let him throw 39 passes this year, and they had a whole bunch of blowouts playing in the SCE. So, you know, he's probably pretty happy tonight. Florida fans there's a really good chance they're going to get that guy out of their division. And there's also a chance he might be able to uh, to play immediately due to some kind of waiver. Obviously, there were uh, racial slurs mentioning him or, or, or directed at him in one of the games. And uh, they had, a, I think, a baseball player dismissed for that, if I recall. 
you know, that could certainly be a, a reason to, to use for transferring and, uh, and maybe trying to be uh, eligible immediately wherever he goes. And I uh, hope Justin finds the right fit. Always a really nice kid when I, when I chatted with him as a recruit and obviously extremely talented. So uh, that is kind of the Fields-Francois thing right there. I don't think Francois is going to be back. feel really, really strong about that now. And uh, Fields is somebody you absolutely go all out for. But now moving on here, when will Kendall Bryles be announced? Uh, I think that it will be announced, unless something weird happens here, uh, after signing day and after probably after Houston's bowl game. So maybe you drop it on the 23rd. If you drop it on the 23rd, uh, that is a great time to bury something like that and uh, not have the media pick up on it quite as much because you're talking about two days before Christmas, then Christmas Eve, then Christmas, then the day after Christmas. And there is not a lot of media interest in those four days. I can tell you for a fact, because I work in media, the numbers on those days are bad. So if you want to drop something there, that could be a good time to do it. We'll talk about the impact that might have, uh, if any, and clarify that impact probably coming up in a minute. You know who does engagements really well? For the Table Restaurant crew. And they want us to spread their message about their engagement parties. Check this out. Did you know they can handle your engagement party, your engagement brunch, your rehearsal dinners, your wedding receptions, your post-wedding brunch, right? Did you just have a wedding, you want to have a brunch as, as you wish everybody well and, and see them off after the wedding? They can handle that at Central. They can handle that at Madso. They can handle that at Township. Really a great spot for all that. And uh, by the way, if you book any engagement party with them right now, wedding reception, engagement brunch, rehearsal dinner, whatever, they'll throw you a weddings in football season are rude pint glass and shirt for each member of your wedding party. That's a pretty cool little bonus. Those gifts add up, right? Got, got, got to give gifts to everybody. So that's really important to, to do. Also, they're going to be giving away a tailgate engagement party for the spring game. More details to come on that. Basically, they're going to set up a tailgate in the IM fields, cater it, and, and it'll be your engagement party tailgate. So really cool. And uh, for this, you could check out the events tab on the mattsocial.com website. But Matt Thompson emailed me today said, hey, just ha- if, they're, if they're interested, have them email me, matt at mattsocial.com. That's Matt at madisonsocial.com. And that's pretty cool. If you do, be sure to tell us about it. But uh, I do want to chat here real quickly about three commitments for State has landed in the last uh, 24 hours or so. First, uh, Kevon Glenn is a linebacker out of Georgia. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that Kevon Glenn is the most amazing player ever, but I will tell you that I don't think he should be the lowest rated player in Florida State's class. I like Glenn a good bit. Watched his film. He was at one point the, the lowest rated player in FSU's class. I, I think he's now the third lowest. They did pick up two other players today. He's rated 887th in the nation. I got a suspicion. I don't think there are 886 players better than Kevon Glenn uh, nationally. He's a guy who, who definitely picked up better offers down the stretch. A&M was showing interest, Oklahoma State, Georgia Tech, Missouri, and Florida State. Uh, uh, Virginia also offered him. Virginia is a staff that knows defense quite a bit under Bronco Mendenhall, and NC State is offering him. NC State does a tremendous job recruiting the state of Georgia and getting some of those uh, more underrated guys. It's important to, to find guys that you have a high hit rate on and guys who fit the program. We've talked about how this linebacker unit is kind of soft and not aggressive. You know, there's there's been some guys who 
we've talked about, hey, it, these guys are just not going to get it because they don't have that mentality. When I watch Kevon Glenn, I see that mentality. I see a guy who wants to hit you. I see a guy who is physical. I see a guy who is aggressive. Now, if there are questions, it's how long is he? I want to see what his wingspan is, and I want to see what is that, his overall athleticism is playing in space. You know, Is he a guy who's only an inside backer for you? If so, that's okay, but why should he not be rated higher? Well, it would be the ability to, to truly go sideline to sideline and to contribute in the pass game. But in this defense, they ask the linebackers to trigger and get downhill in a hurry. And that's something that, that Kevon Glenn definitely does. So I think that that is a good offer by them. We'll see if he signs early. I'm not sure if he's an, an early signee or not, but um, but I, I think the staff is pretty happy to have, have him out of Hampton, Georgia. Now, next kid they got, Jay Williams. Offensive tackle. Yes, Florida State is allowed to recruit offensive tackles. I know there had been some confusion about this uh, as to whether for NCAA rules they were actually allowed to sign players who play offensive tackle, and it does appear – uh, that yes, they are. Jay Williams, 6'6, 290, was actually a receiver coming out of high school, but uh, has put on like 100 pounds and grown three, four inches since uh, since his high school days. He's at a Grossmont College in Moreno Valley, California, rated the number eight junior college tackle nationally, like a, a middle, middle three star type rating. Now, look, with Jay Williams, you got to keep things in perspective, right? Texas did not give him a committable offer. Florida State did. Well, Florida State is desperate. Texas is not desperate. That's not to say that Williams can't play, but he's not played offensive tackle for that long. He's been growing a ton since, since high school. Like I said, this guy was like a, a rush end slash receiver in high school, and now he's 6'6", 290. I mean, this is a guy who's very much still becoming acclimated to his body, it is disappointing that he only has two years to play two, so he's going to come in as a redshirt junior. It's very important that they got him in for spring because they're going to have to teach this guy some technique. He does show some athleticism, and he does show some aggressiveness. Those are two things that I do like about him. But they've got to get his, pa- his pass protection technique down a lot better. That has to improve because right now I would have concerns about him pass protecting the league. And yet I can sit here and tell you all this, and guess what? He's still better than what they started out there this year. I'm I'm pretty confident in that. You know, I, we got into it on Twitter tonight with some fans who, who were like, well, why don't you be more optimistic? And I said, look, optimism, if it's not warranted, it's just lying to your listeners. And that's not cool. So if they can get this guy coached up a little bit, I think he's going to represent an upgrade, to perhaps a sizable upgrade, maybe, over what they ran out this year. You got to remember, they were, I mean, they had three of the worst, I think, 10 guys in the nation regularly playing on this offensive line. I mean, guys who are just complete as football players, lost causes who you cannot expect to contribute really at all in their careers at Florida State. I just think they're they're donezo. Williams, to me, is a guy who's going to have a good chance to start. I think they need to have five completely different starters than they had against Florida. And that does not include Brady Scott. Scott came into the game later, and, and I think he'll probably profile as an interior guy later on. Uh, Williams had offers from Indiana. He, he took an official to, to Texas. Texas did not offer. He also, he also had Georgia State. He, he, had a, he had a couple other schools kicking the, t- kicking the tires on him. He's athletic. They'll have to see what they can do with him. But you got to get college-ready bodies in here. And he's at least that, right? And he's not like so crazily fat or anything that, that you, you worry, can you, get a, can you actually get him in shape, you know, come fall? So that, some positive signs there for the program. 
to me, it's all about like the road to below average. Can you actually improve enough to where I can sit here and honestly tell my listenership Florida State has a below average offensive line as opposed to just complete abomination? We'll see. But I, I, th- I think it's a positive first step. It's a guy they needed to get. The third guy we're going to talk about tonight who just committed, actually just committed before, well, public with it at least. He committed the staff yesterday from what I understand. Maurice Smith. I like Mo Smith. He, he plays ball at Miami Central. He is a smaller player, offensive guard, offensive center, listed at 6'2", 280. I would tell you he's probably a little bit smaller than that. I'll also tell you, this guy did a great job at every single camp I went to, and you throw on his film, he's got quickness, he's got nastiness. He's a guy who is going to make everybody else work harder. Like, is he ever going to be a starter for Florida State? Maybe. We'll see. But I do believe that, that, that Maurice Smith raises the floor of your program on the offensive line a good bit because he's a guy, like for instance, let, let's say Dante Lucas, right, who, who has you know, struggled to keep his weight down but doing a good job of it now. Marie Smith's a hard worker. He's going to bust his butt. He's going to know his assignments. He's going to block people. Now, he may not level them to the ground, but he's a guy that if you are the presumed starter and he's your backup, you can't let down because you're going to lose snaps to this guy. He's a guy that, that, that you know, it, Let's say you're an offensive lineman who struggles with his weight. You're thinking, all right, I, I can't have that second plate. I got to show up on time. I got to study my playbook. I, I have to do all these things. When I'm talking about raising the floor of the position, that's what I'm talking about. Is Maurice Smith, a, is he a difference maker as a starter? I, I, I have a hard time projecting him to that level because he is smaller, right? Like he's not a guy, like he's not 6'4", you know, 320. He'd probably max out at like Rodney Hudson size. And I'm not saying he's Rodney Hudson. I mean, Rodney was a really special player at the college level and, and is still in the NFL. But I like this take. And I said I like the offer at the time uh, on, on Tomahawk. You know, I think a lot of our listeners are also crossover readers with Tomahawk Nation. And I, I think you need to raise the floor of this offensive line unit. You can't have these guys in there who are taking regular snaps in practice who just can't play a lick. And that's what they have right now. They got a lot of guys who just can't play football. And I mean, this is what we talked about in the preseason. Remember when we when we spoke about this, we said, hey, if they stay healthy up front, they'll be okay. They might be decent. But man, they can barely run practice with the backups. That won't be said about Marie Smith. If Marie Smith is a backup on Florida State in a year or two or three, they won't be saying, God, the backups are so bad. God, they have no depth here, right? And hell, maybe he's a starter. We'll see. But I, I do like the take because you got to get an infusion of at least decent football players in this position. And it's not a position you're going to load up with five or six elite guys after going five and seven this season after you after you lost six games the year before. It's not going to happen. So I do like the Marie, the Marie Smith take. Sorry for the choppy nature of the show tonight, but uh, doing this solo, a little bit different. Let's talk first about uh, Sam Howell. Sam Howell. Uh, competed in the Shrine Bowl this weekend, which is the North Carolina-South Carolina All-Star Game. Uh, then on Sunday, uh, North Carolina websites uh, reported that he went on a uh, very quick one-day official visit to North Carolina. North Carolina has been the major uh, school trying to flip him uh, ever since Walt Bell left and really even a little bit before. We've discussed on previous episodes of the show how Howell's relationship was really more with Bell uh, than it was with Florida State, um, how other FSU coaches probably didn't like that too much, but that's kind of how Bell ran things there. 
given his, the nature of his relationship with the kid, the, the pre-existing relationship they've had, that he was the position coach, coordinator, and area recruiter for Hal. You know, Taggart's tried to make a uh, make inroads there. I do believe that they that they know the Hal family that is who will be hired as offensive coordinator uh, at Florida State, even if FSU's not announcing it publicly. Uh, I don't think that's a major factor in this decision as far as publicly or, or, or not publicly announcing it. If you know who it is, tell the kid. And, and I have reason to believe that they know. So with that, uh, we'll have to see what he does. Um, certainly, uh, there's playing time to be had potentially at both schools. I don't know if, if Howell or his family or both would prefer North Carolina or Florida State. Uh, I do feel a little bit better about Florida State's chances here as of Monday night uh, than I did, let's say, two weeks ago when Bell left because Florida State's coaches have done a decent job of trying to make up ground there. When Bell left initially, I was like, oh, this is done. He's going to UNC. But now I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not totally convinced of that. Will Putnam, the offensive guard slash center out of Tampa, Florida, a kid who I think would have a chance to potentially start Florida State next year or at least play significant minutes. He has writers for Clemson and Auburn thinking that it's Florida State. And where do those guys get their information? Typically from coaching staffs at those schools. I know for a while that Clemson kind of felt like, hey, if it was going to be Florida State, he would have probably already done it because FSU has been on him for the longest. However, that appears to maybe have changed. I've had my my pick on, on Putnam and Florida State for a while, but I, I didn't disagree necessarily with that line of, of thought by the guys I know at Clemson. Um, I haven't really heard Auburn confidence for Putnam in, in a while. And while I don't think, at least like as of lunchtime today, I don't think he's actually told Florida State that that it's coming. However, I think the, the signs are, are kind of pointing there. Uh, we, we know Florida State's players – Minus Hal, you know, Hal's not really a, a big-time recruiter. We know a lot of Florida State's guys have reached out to Putnam and tried to make him feel welcome and, and try to express to him that you know, there's there's a lot of good players on this team, and, and they're really just sort of an offensive line away from, from being, you know, a decent football team. You know, we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens with that. He's connected with Greg Fry pretty well. Um, you know, Fry has kind of an interesting personality, and, and uh, if he connects with you, that's – that's good, and and looks like uh, looks like they have. So, I like Florida State's chances to to land Putnam. I will say, I, I think this year's staff is a little bit less sure of what's going to happen than they were at this time last year. In some ways, like last year, just you know, talk talking to my sources, I, I think they really kind of knew for the most part how, how things were going to play out. But uh, but this year's staff, it, it I mean, it's the same guys, but. I think there are a few more kind of up-in-the-air things here. But yeah, Putnam, it seems like confidence is, is increasing here. Will Akeem Dent sign? Uh, all indications this weekend that, that the official visit went extremely well. However, I don't think Florida State's going to get him to sign early. I think he'll probably sign uh, in February because he's not an early enrollee. Which, by the way, I should mention, uh, Howell actually does not have to sign anywhere early if he chooses not to. He could just enroll in January which would be fine. You know, he's playing in the All-Star games. And if you're an early enrollee, you actually don't have to sign early to enroll early. You can just show up and enroll because you've already graduated high school, which he is doing. Uh, Kalen Deloach gave quotes to multiple outlets that uh, that he's going to sign with Florida State. I know his dad, Rob, is a great guy, uh, was, at least from my interactions with him, was tweeting out, you know, final decision to be made 
Auburn, Michigan, Florida State. But uh, I'd be surprised if he goes anywhere other than Florida State. I, I think they're going to go ahead and keep him. I almost feel like uh, one of these like reporters on election night forecasting keeps and flips and all that kind of stuff. You know, after you go five and seven, one of the most important things you can do is to is actually keep a guy. And uh, I think they'll keep Kellen Deloach. I also think they're going to keep Dante Lucas. He got up there on the official visit this weekend. He's going to make his quote-unquote final decision. I'm confident that decision will be Florida State, that he'll early enroll. He'll, he'll come in in shape, and he'll be competing for a starting job immediately. I think Florida State has a pretty good shot to land two defensive backs on Wednesday, and Raymond Woody, who is considering a, a number of, of nice offers, obviously a four-star safety very smart player, son of the linebackers coach, Raymond Woody Jr. This is Woody the third Tallahassee kid. I, I like Florida State's chances to get him, obviously. And also Jarvis Brownlee. Jarvis Brownlee is one, one of my favorite recruits in the 2019 class. Just because of how he plays, he, he really kind of has that dog in him, if you will. I'm a big fan of Jarvis. He, he plays on an elite seven-on team, too, and an elite high school team. And you know, over the summer, and I think we've discussed this on, on previous episodes and on various radio appearances, I kept thinking, man, like why, why are schools not offering Jarvis? And this is back in the, the summer and spring. I mean, he's on this really elite seven-on team. He's the only starter on the express defense. I mean, this express defense is loaded. I mean, you're talking like just off the top of my head, Miami, Oklahoma, Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama are their starters as far as where the kids are committed to. And Jarvis is over here with like FIU and I think a couple others that were not big time. And I'm thinking, man, why Why are they not uh, offered this kid? Nobody picks on him. And if the talent differential was really that big, somebody would pick on him. And they don't. And he, and he plays well. So I like Jarvis. They got both those guys in for official visits over the weekend. It went great. I, I, I think they have a really nice shot to close with those two. Defensive tackle Malcolm Ray, currently USF commit. He's actually Jarvis's teammate uh, on, on Carroll City. Larry Bluestein, who is a longtime guy in, in, in Miami, knows Miami prospects very well. You know, he's, he does preps. He also does some recruiting stuff. He thought that Malcolm Ray was, was the best defensive player in South Florida this year. Now, it does not mean that he's the best defensive recruit in South Florida. I, I don't think those two things should be confused, but I do think that Ray is a guy who, who can be a good player for Florida State. And, and I, I like the take. I like guys who play like Malcolm Ray does, and, man, you've got to flip this roster as far as finding some guys who actually like to play football and who play hard and and who aren't there just to say they play Florida State so, that, so they can get, get girls, basically. Now, that's not to say you don't need talented players, and they do. They had a talented kid up there this weekend named Quayshawn Fuller who actually made his way up on an unofficial visit with his mom, I actually didn't know that was happening. I, he said he wasn't taking his official, and, and uh, I, I didn't really follow up with him about it, and I probably should have. And all of a sudden, he shows up on, on Instagram Live there hanging out with uh, Janarius Robinson, and his mom was in tow, I believe. And that's a big sign right there for Florida State to be able to keep Fuller, four-star, highly rated kid, defensive end, could, could bulk up and become a defensive tackle. I guess we'll have to see on that. Uh, but one reason I think you want to take Malcolm Ray – who's a three-star kid, is because uh, confidence is high at both uh, A&M and also apparently Florida that they're going to be able to flip Derek Hunter. You know, Hunter's a kid that we questioned them taking, Florida State that is, initially because of his maturity. And uh, he has continued to, uh, you know, sort of 
flirt with other schools throughout the process, and it uh, looks like they have a good chance to not not stick uh, with, with Derek Hunter, who's a four-star defensive lineman and, and a good player. I mean, at least a, a guy with good upside. I think he, he may have more upside than, than, than current playing level, but still a guy who, who does have upside and, and a player who I think they'd rather keep than not keep. But I think they're going to end up losing out on that battle there. Just a, a recruitment that has really sort of been all over the place. All right, it's time to say thanks to our third sponsor of the night. It's Resolution Home Loan. Resolution Home Loans is a proud, dull-owned business. Chad and Shannon, they're going to hook you up when you call 844-FSU-LOAN or when you visit fsuhomeloans.com. With Resolution, they want to make sure they, they get your loan done right, okay? They want to actually operate at tempo as opposed to just supposedly operating tempo. They, they want to get this thing done fast, but also right. They want to have all, all your documents lined up. They want to walk you through the process each step of the way. Uh, I'm going through it right now with them, and they're they're really, they're on me about it. Hey, bud, let, let's get this in. Let's make sure that you're ready to strike when you, when you find the right home, and and they're they're great about it. So make sure you give those guys a call, or hit them up on the website fsuhomeloans.com. We're averaging about one a month now, one Nolcast listener per month using those guys. And also, if you're a realtor out there, uh, we, we've had a couple couple Nolcast listener realtors who also uh, use Resolution with their clients. So. Get you some financing, get you a home, and uh, Resolution, a proud sponsor of the Nolcast. Four kids who are not likely to sign early. Obviously, we already talked about this with, with, with Fuller. Nick Cross is not signing early, but he has been very actively recruiting Florida State on Twitter recently, and uh, so that's a good sign. Travis Jay is not going to be an, an early signee, I don't believe. We're, we're still waiting to see what will happen with Akeem Dent. Maybe they can convince him to do so. Much like they did Asante Samuel Jr. last year, when uh, when he was going to wait and, and sign later, and then ultimately they were able to put the sell on him, and he signed I think on on the Friday last year instead of the Wednesday. Uh, and then Brendan Gant, who is is all Noel and, uh, and and is going to sign in February. So right now, as it sits, Florida State has the uh, number twelve class in the nation: uh, eleven four and five stars, seven uh, three star kids. If they were to add Putnam and Woody, but lose Howell and Hunter, and then also add Jarvis Brownlee and Malcolm Ray, I think the class would be relative, relatively neutral in the rankings, still a, a, around 12, depending on what some other schools do. Uh, the thing is, Florida State has, they only have 18 commitments right now, uh, and they, I think, are likely to take a, cl- a legitimately full class right now. A lot of the teams behind them in the rankings uh, have have more commitments already. So Penn State has 17 and Auburn has 16. So they're, they're about on the level of Florida State. But Washington already has 20. Tennessee has 20. Mississippi State has 23. Arkansas has 25. Ole Miss has 27. Stanford has 19. Florida has 18. So the same number as, as Florida State does. Uh, South Carolina has 17. And uh, Michigan State, 19, you know, NC State already has 22. The, the reason for, the, for that rambling list I just read off, basically just to show you kind of a, a, a good idea where, where Florida State can, can finish after early signing period. And there, there will be other kids who emerge. Certainly, we, we know a lot of the staff has been looking at R.J. Henderson, the, uh, the receiver out of Texas, who, who uh, I believe was an Oklahoma commit at one point, a, a really nice player that they could add to the class. But I think somewhere in that 10 to 15 range is probably the most likely landing spot 
Florida State right now, depending on what happens with the more traditional signing day date. But it'll be interesting to see how this thing shakes out. They're certainly raising the floor at some positions. I have questions about the the top-end talent that they're signing. I, I, these signings that they're making, I think, are good for program stability. I don't know that they're going to quickly get you back into playoff contention, but I, I guess maybe that's there's probably some of y'all shouting at me right now and saying, Bud, hey, be, be real, realistic here. This team just lost seven games and six games in back-to-back years. They're probably not going to sign a, a whole bunch of five-stars. So a couple other names to look at. Maybe Derek Hall. I, I don't get the impression that, that they're going to get him. If they did, I know they'd be ecstatic. I mean, big-time linebacker out of Mississippi. I don't give them a chance for, for, uh, for Trey Sanders. I really don't give them much of a chance for Evan Neal, and I don't know anybody else who, who does uh, either. But uh, we'll, we'll have to see how this thing shakes out. It, it, it's, it'll be a good class. If you sign two classes like this back-to-back, like, like in that kind of 12 to 15 range, and they're your first two, they're your first two full classes. So if, if you do that this year and you do that next year, then my opinion of the Willie Taggart era is going to go way down. But for this year, following the year they just had on the field, I think they're doing a pretty good job of, of keeping most of their important commits in the fold. Hal Penning, and we'll see on that. They are hitting their numbers, it looks like, at the positions that they really have to reload. And the remaining question is is the, is the very top-end talent. We'll see what they manage to do on that. I think with that, I will sign off. Five stars on iTunes, if you please. Make sure to let your friends know. We'll make sure to uh, to give you a longer recap with, with position recaps. And all that stuff, uh, probably, that'll probably be out on like the 22nd or so. So y'all can have it as you drive to wherever you're spending Christmas. Everybody be safe out there. And I'll join you again uh, later this week, hopefully with Ingram in tow. Thanks.